September 3rd, October, th I already screwed it up, October 3rd, <laughs> October 3rd, 2019, this is Loose Screws, I am your host Ty Worsham, and the laughing monkey in the background is Justin, hi, <laughs> shit, first episode, five minutes in, I'm already talking about September 3rd, shit, we're past that, Ty, I know, I know, I know. We got we got a, we got a pretty big show to talk about this this day, man. We got a pretty we, big show. We really do. And also talking about September stuff, we're still dealing still still dealing with the bugs from September at the September update. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in just a sec. Um, this is episode seven, and um, hey, hey. do the normal. I guess normal because we're gonna make this the normal. We're gonna do our normal. Uh, shout outs this week we had a couple of uh itunes reviews so great big and thanks a few new twitter followers as well great big thanks to uh fuzz war and dino sxfx on itunes also we have a uh, diva Luter and dino as well on the twitter follows and also shout out to red borg who sent us a very friendly letter in the email hey thank you and also got another one from uh, Devo Looter that we'll read at the end of the show. Hell yeah. So, um, we got a correction from last week's show because me and Justin attempted math. And we attempted math and we failed. Well, I wouldn't even say that we attempted math. It was the fact that the number we came out with, and I'll admit this personally, I, I'm pretty sure I told you, I'm like, that doesn't sound right because most money transactions to point transactions to systems are pretty low. Yeah. But the arts transition is a lot bigger. So we would like to give a shout out to Commander Phoenix Defire and Lave Radio for coming up with this. But they corrected us on Twitter this week saying... That we were wrong on our arcs per one dollar. It turns out it's actually one thousand two hundred and fifty to one thousand six hundred and sixty-seven arcs per one dollar, depending on the package that you buy because of the bonus arcs. So we would like to give a big shout out and a thank you to those guys for correcting us and making sure that we don't put incorrect information out there. So once again, thank you to Commandix Phoenix D Fire and Lave Radio for correcting us on that. Yeah, um, it's it's nice to have uh, people checking you when you do when you make a dumb, and uh, whenever it comes to numbers, I make a dumb often. So, <laughs> well, I mean that's one of those reasons why uh, <clears throat> on Twitch my affiliate emote is uh, I made a bad, so we made a bad here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have an, a kind of an announcement that's coming up on Tuesday. And oh Jesus! Please tell them. <laughs> uh, so on Tuesday, uh, we're going to be recording a, an episode with the pilot. Oh my God! I cannot tell you how excited I am for this interview. Speaking of which, 
please send us your questions if you have any of them yep. to the email questions or the Twitter. And we are going to put together a list to ask him while we are talking to him. But, dude, I cannot tell you how excited I am to talk with the pilot about his videos. And, and if, if you have not seen any of the pilot's videos on YouTube, he makes some of the best uh, Elite Dangerous videos out there. You can find him at the pilot on YouTube. He is No, they are, they are <clears throat> love letters to the ships. Like... His videos are by far some of the best cinematography I've seen in Late Dangerous. Yeah, and, and you know what? We'll get into a little bit more, but like he, um, like to me, he really hit a high note when he, um, God, what was it? When he did the the crate Mark II, and he oh, really Jesus hit a high Christ. note there. Uh, Dude, like, oh, well, I mean, one of his first videos about the Anaconda and how much he loves it, but it's funny seeing him progress through the different ships. And his thoughts upon them, like, I bought a, like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you, I bought a Diamondback Explorer because of him, and I explored for about a week. I bought the crate because of him. I sold my Python because of his crate video. Yep. And, I mean, I still have my Asp Explorer, which the Asp is his, Explorer is his most recent video. But, oh my god, like, his videos are just so good. You guys should go check them out. Yeah. But we'll be talking to him on Tuesday, and um, like I said, or like Justin said, uh, email your que- email your questions to Loose Screws Questions. We'll be making a list, or uh, tweet us at, at Loose Screws Ed. Thank you, because I cannot remember it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just send our, send your questions, as guys. Like we have, we've already compiled a few questions, but you know, there's things that we might not have thought of. So you guys can totally send those in to us and we will make sure if we like them or if we feel like they're appropriate, then we will ask him. Yep. On to the, well, let me, let me do this real quick. What have you been, what have you been doing in game? Uh, in game, uh, as you know, you led me out to a system and we got most of the materials for guardian FSD. Yep which I feel like is super important. Uh, I'm making my way back, but currently it's, it's a very slow process because I had, when I started, I had 50 jumps back, so I've been scanning systems on the way just because I want to get those credits on along the way. Right. And other than that, this week I bought the game Remnant from the Ashes, which you've seen me stream and you watch me die a lot, but I have been enjoying <laughs> that a ton. Because it's like playing Dark Souls for the first time all over again. Right. And, oh my dear God, I did not realize how much I missed that. <laughs> you know, I, I watched you stream, oh gosh, two or three, I guess two or three hours of that. It's, it looks like a good game. Um, I don't know if I'll pick it up. I might, I might pick it up at some point, but um, there's some other games I'm looking to play right now, but... Oh, I mean, it's one of those things that work. It's like the Dark Souls difficulty. I won't fault you if you don't, because a lot of people don't like how hard it is. But for me, like, I don't know. It's it's I guess it's some weird catharsis to where it's like it relaxes me as I play it because it's so hard. But it's so good. Yeah. So um, for me, I have I actually have been inside of Elite very little this week because of real world stuff. Yeah, you Most, haven't been on hardly at all. Like we did that Guardian thing, and I haven't seen you since. Yeah, it's it's been just kind of a hell of a week, to be honest with you. As far I mean, as work that's goes, life, though. That's else, life, yeah. though. I mean, that's what happens. Yeah. 
So we'll go ahead and as far as any gaming I've been doing, I've been playing a little bit of Warcraft in the new patch, trying to because the way Warcraft does patches now is like they release a little bit of content and it takes about I don't know three or four days to actually do it if you really play no, it. No, so you did actually go back to War Warcraft after your uh, shitty. I, not to classic. Thing. Okay. Yeah, just standard War, World of Warcraft, not classic World of Warcraft. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, um, and, and I haven't really been playing it a whole lot. I got to play, I don't know, maybe an hour or so the other day. It just it's been a very busy week for me, so. Yeah. Hoping that'll that'll change tomorrow. Hoping to get a fair amount of game time in. So. But we will move on to the news. Let's do it. Oh Lord, so. Man, there is some news this week. It's it's been a very like. There's a couple things I want to talk about. And there's a couple things that we're just going to kind of gloss over because there's some really big things that kind of happened. So we'll go over the small, the small potatoes first. Um, number one is uh, today. Uh, well, yeah, October 3rd. Yeah, October 3rd, they released the mm -hmm. uh, September update patch number two, mm -hmm. which fixes a number of bugs. Um, but also introduced new bugs. Yeah, um, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but this is, yet again, another patch that we didn't get to, and it, yeah, it's a small patch, but we didn't get to beta test it at all. Well, you say it's a small patch, but in looking at the notes for it, there's a number of things that they said they fixed, but I, I feel like the things they fixed are very small compared to the one major thing that happened today. Well, the, the one major thing I know of is the mission board just soft locking. Oh, dude, and what are you supposed to do when the mission board soft locks? Like, a lot of people depend on that to earn their credits. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... I'm a little salty about it, because the way I look at it is like, that's a that's a core component of your game. It's not like this is a paint job that's messed up, or this is a, a label that's flipped wrong, or this is landing gear that's stuck out gra graphically, or well, this is a one rare crash that happens every now and then. This is like, everybody who goes to the mission board, it crashes, correct? If you Yes, because if you scroll to the bottom of the mission board, then apparently... And this is on, I, I don't know about Xbox, I haven't seen any posts from Xbox about this, but I know on PC and PS4 especially, uh, because that's the things that have been popping up in the Reddit. If you scroll to the bottom of the mission boards, it soft locks it, you can't scroll back up, you can't turn anything in, and you literally can't do anything. Like the game pretty much just locks up on you, which... I feel like that, yeah, like you said, that's a major part of the game that it just, it doesn't make sense for it to do it, especially when we're in a bug fix period. Yeah. It, it I don't know. I, I, I'm not a programmer. I'm not a game developer. But this, this, this whole September patch honestly feels like it was, I'm just going to say, it feels like it's half-assed. It's it's definitely been a fiasco. I, I agree with you on I, that. I, I was a very big defender of them at first, but I'm going to have to get on the side and say, I mean, they have really screwed it up. And, like, I'm not even kidding. We need to patch tomorrow. They need to fix this tomorrow. We don't well, need to wait till next week. We need to patch tomorrow. Okay. 
Well, I mean, on that note, I think the thing is, and the reason why a lot of this is happening is because they have such a small team dedicated to these small updates that are happening because a lot of their team is dedicated to the 2020 update. That's a good and point. the thing about that is, is like we want to go back to when Horizons came out and how many people complained and moaned about paying up front for monthly updates for content where and they pretty much responded with okay uh we won't do that next time so i think the issue that's happening here is because i mean we pretty much knew 2019 was going to be a dry year they announced that they've said that yep and a lot of their stuff is pretty much front loaded to 2020 and i feel like that's kind of the issue and right now they're kind of in a catch 22 situation to where it's just like you know people don't want to pay the 40 dollars up front for the next three years they want to they they want all of their content when they pay that 40 dollars and that they said okay we'll do that and now because that's happening that way a lot of people are complaining about lack of content and then complaining about the fact that the content that they release is broken but you know i don't honestly i can't say i i honestly can't say how i feel about that because you know it's one of those things where it's like you have a small team of people that are pushing out these small updates and there's a lot of bugs going on with them but literally that small team is the only team that's fixing them while the rest of it's working on the major updates and I don't know, like, looking at it from a business perspective, yeah, it's hard to see this happen, and it's hard to hear the player reaction, because, I mean, we do have that petition going on. We will talk about that here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know, I would almost rather them say, hey, we're going to front load everything again. To hell with what the community says. Like, yeah, y'all were pissed off when we released horizons and released everything slowly like why was my whole question is is why was everyone so upset about paying up front about content that released over the next two years that's my question so so you have to kind of look at the way that games were being so so horizons released what was it two years ago now is that correct uh was it three three years ago i thought all right so so i'll look it up while you continue okay <clears throat> there's been a shift in the industry going from, and this happened very quickly, um, and it has gone from you buy a game or an expansion and you get that content. You get, you know, $40 worth of content versus getting like a season's worth of content or uh, content as a service. And, and we're starting to see this in uh, software development as well. Um, it's, it's called SaaS. It's called software as a service. Well, what they're doing is, is called games as a service. A perfect example of a game as a service is uh, Destiny 2. Another example is, uh, oh God, uh, <laughs> uh, World of Warcraft uh, Anthem. As bad as that game Apex? is, from what I heard. Apex um, I don't know if I would call, well, it probably is. Um, PUBG is, is the first one I can think of. Uh, actually, no, I think Arcs was the first one that was really considered. Oh, yeah. 
Ark, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ark, Ark, Survival Evolved. That's what it was. Not, not to be confused um, with Arcs. <laughs> okay, so... Are you ready to have your mind blown to how old the Horizon season passes? Don't because tell me it's four I saw years. this. I saw it is four years, December fifteenth, two thousand and fifteen. Wow. Yeah, that was that long ago. So, but so many people complained about paying up front for those content updates, and it was only forty dollars, and it's still forty dollars today, which is something I have an issue with because it's been four years. Yeah. But. Paying that $40 for them to continue until 2018, pretty much, is what they said. Like, I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. But so many people now are complaining about the lack of content releases that they... Uh, like, when the Horizon Season Pass came out, a lot of people complained about having to pay up front for these release And... I'm, I don't fault Frontier on this, but they said, okay, so the next one we come out with will be... You pay up front. You get or not? No, you don't pay up front. You pay for everything we come out with. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the issue that's going on right now. And Frontier can't win one way or another. But for me personally, this is my personal opinion. Take it as you will. I would have rather paid for this next update to come out in small patches versus them trying to develop everything and release it at once and have these small updates where they're super buggy because you have a super small team of like I'm going to guesstimate between 5 and 10 people working up these small updates which is why there's so many game breaking bugs happening hmm. because you're trying to push the majority of your team for this next big update whereas if you, you would have allowed them to release it in small updates like they did with horizons then i feel like there would have been more like the the workflow the bug fixes and everything would have been steadier because you had an equal amount of people working on the current thing and the next thing versus just you have five to ten people working on the current stuff and 60 people working on the next thing so Hmm. It's it's. I mean, what we're talking about here is basically the state of the gaming industry right now. And yeah. See, in I don't know how much reading you've done about the cost of creating a video game. It's it's really high. It's and, ridiculous. Uh, people like don't get me wrong. Like you can make a like anyone can get go download the Unreal um tools or whatnot and make their own game, and it's a and it'll be a game. You know, and you can go and get some assets. You can go and write your own code. There are things you can do to make a game on the cheap. But if you're going to make a triple A AAA title, because that's what that's what Elite Dangerous is, is a triple A title. Okay, you say that's what Elite Dangerous is. I'm sorry to have to interrupt here, but that's what it was. Now, eh, not so much. It's been in the industry for like five to six years. So a lot of people don't even consider it anymore. You make a good point. Um, however, I will challenge challenge that with: Is there another AAA uh, space sim out there? Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, the only one I can think of is No Man's Sky because, let's face it, Star Citizen is a give up. Yep. I mean, <laughs> there are some games yeah. out there, and there are some games on the horizon, and uh, you know, another. Um, there's, there are games out there that are definitely 
you know, AAA titles. But I right now I would still consider uh, FDev and Frontier to be in a AAA category. They're the, they're oh the... for sure. I mean, they literally just celebrated having 500 employees. Right. You can see the tweets. You can see the Instagram about them having 500 cupcakes. But um, I mean, I'm I'm happy for them and I'm happy for where they're at. I really just wish they were kind of doing more for damage control at this point in time. Well, so I think they're in a situation where they're just trying to hold on until we get to the 2020 update. I think that's what they're, I think they're kind of hedging their bets on that. And so the right way to say, I, I think they're, I think they're betting on that update to save them or to fix everything or to help them out. Well, with you saying that too, I mean that would also explain the September update and the whole new player experience. They're trying, they're they're getting ready for it because, and I mean this is something that's true throughout the gaming industry. Once you release a big update, there's an influx of new players. Yeah. So if you have this complete new player experience that teaches them what they need to do, then they're ready once the update hits. Yeah. And I can't fault them for releasing the September update. And let's let's not forget that. You know, in a couple of months, we're going to get fleet carriers and all the stuff that comes with that. And we don't even know, like, they've already talked about doing some smaller updates before the 2020 large update. So, uh, we don't know what all that's going uh, to include. Um, I actually think that we're probably going to get a, another ship, because I don't know if you realize this, but I believe that this is the longest we've gone without a new ship. Oh, are you serious? I think so. I haven't gone Dude, to look at If we get a new ship, I'd be I'd be happy to go mining just so I can afford it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to mine up some stuff, but um, I do want to read well, down s some of these things that they actually did fix here real quick. Well, let's do it. So um, they fixed a number of crashes and soft locks that would have happened at different times. Um, uh, Something interesting I did see in here is that on the Covis stuff, when you buy a new ship, your selected Covis will automatically be inherited from your previous ship. Uh, when purchasing SRVs and fighters, they will inherit the Covis currently selected for your ship. And for new commanders, the applicable localized Covis will now automatically be selected on which language is set in their options menu. So like if you're Brazilian, it'll select... And you have the Brazilian Covis. Right. Which um, I believe I actually kind of like that, if yeah. I'm being honest, because like, you know, I haven't bought another Kovis. Um, I'm pretty happy with the generic British woman talking to me. Like, mm -hmm. it works for me. I've listened to the other ones, and like, I I've sat there and thought about it, and I just I don't think I'd be comfortable with anything different. That's yeah. just me. But um, I like the fact that there, if you buy a new ship or if you get an SRV or a fighter then you will have that same voice because I don't know, that brings a certain level of comfort, which I, for me, it translates into like having that comfort factor really does take a big part of this game because it's like watching an old television show or something like they're having your old blanket. Like if you have that comfort, then everything feels fine. Right. That's just my take on it. Yeah. You know, for me, I, um, I don't know, man. Like, I I really like the. Uh, at some point, I picked up Alex because she sounds a, kind of American to me. She has kind of like a Southern accent to me, 
maybe I'm wrong. I'm really bad with accents, but um, <laughs> so I picked up Alex and uh, like I use Verity for so long. Now I do have in my in my faster ships I select Celeste. <laughs> Ooh. She she's the little French girl, and I don't know getting, why. Getting a little getting a little spicy on us, are you, Ty? I don't I don't know. Let's not go crazy there. <laughs> Well, like, I mean, they can still contact me to do the Shaggy Boys. <laughs> Shit. A um, couple other things I noticed in the patch I thought was kind of cool. Um, they corrected the schematic of the targeted starport to match its actual orientation. Uh, I'm not real sure how that even got messed up. I didn't even realize that was an issue, if I'm being honest with you. I guess they're talking about, like, the starport on the map versus what right. you see. Right, and right. That never popped up for me, so I guess certain systems had certain issues with that, because that's something that you have to take into account with a lot of these patches, is that they can't account for everybody's computer systems and what they have in them. Yep. Um, something else I noticed is that they changed... I'm going to read this how they said this, because I, I haven't got a chance to log in and, and actually see this yet, but they changed the store buttons that appear on port services menu and the main menu to orange and reordered them. Port services, livery, hollow me, store. Yep, they put store at the back, and they did not give store a different color as was. And on the main menu, they have livery, buy expansions, store, buy arcs. So they put all of the buy stuff in the back, and they made the buttons all have the same color instead of the buy arcs or store page have a bright blue. If you're using the generic loadout. If you're using a specialty loadout, then I, I guess they made it the same color as everything else. I can't speak on. I can't, I can't speak on that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I use the generic loadout. I'm a basic bitch. Sorry. I I do too. I've I've played around with some different color schemes, and what I found is is that my I got my brain trained to notice certain colors and stuff. Yep. And, uh, I could probably, if I spent long enough with it, I could, but I didn't want to spend long well, enough with it. I mean, it, so. when I first started playing this game, I used a red loadout because red is my favorite color, but then trying to redo enemy ships to a different color and things. Like, it's not even this game that's trained me for that. It's every video game I've ever played where enemies are always red. Right. And having your favorite color being red and having that as your basic HUD loadout and having it blend in with everything else can't tell enemies apart from anybody else yeah and if you put it as a different color then your brain goes what the fuck is that pardon my french sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) but like that's literally what my brain does it goes what is that and i've tried and tried and tried again to train my brain to be red as red as enemy in video games yeah um they also fixed the ps4 commander's first discovery not appearing correctly so I think that's a big issue because there were a lot of complaints on Reddit about explorers not having their first discoveries yeah. counting. And sorry, like not like for me, like I'm not that big of an explorer, but if you find something for the first time and then it doesn't count it, that's kind of a big deal, like because your name should be on that. Yeah. I'm 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 curious how they handle like what if two people went to the same system, turned it in I'm curious how they, like, I wonder if they went back and retcon, or, you know, went back and found out, oh, this person actually discovered it first, so we'll give them credit for the first discovery, but this person didn't, so they won't get credit for the first discovery. I'm I'm curious how they did that. 
I don't know if we're going to talk about this. I didn't see it in the notes, but um, with the fertilizer fiasco, mm-hmm. they were able to go back, trace what people did, trace what they bought, and then remove all of that. So, so I would assume that, yes, they had something in their systems that said, oh, yeah, that guy did it first. Because if you can trace how much money somebody got off that fertilizer scam and then all the ships they bought out of that scam and then be able to remove it all, I, I would think that first discoveries would be something that is simple and is in there. Yeah. That's my assumption. Now, you know what they say about assuming. Yeah. But I think, um, I don't know. I, I think they'll probably, I think they'll probably handle it right. They have a history of being really good customer service and handling things like that. Right. So I think that, um, I think they'll probably get it sorted out. Uh, yeah, apparently I missed that whole fertilizer thing that we... I mean, I, I know we talked about how they were going to uh, actually remove the credits and any sort of assets they bought between here and there, and I feel like that was good. I never heard there was any outcome to that, but I guess clearly they did, so... Oh, yeah. Um, they did. There has I, If there have been complaints on Reddit, I haven't seen them. Yeah. And I feel like I'm on Reddit a little bit more than you because I get, like, three breaks, three breaks throughout the day. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> um, but I haven't seen anything about it except for somebody mentioned something about they removed more than what he did. But, dude, you still used an exploit. I don't care. Sorry. I don't feel sorry for you. Yes, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it, too. So, Like, you used an exploit that was clearly an exploit. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> But they didn't remove all of his credits. He still has a bunch of his credits. He still has this and that. So, yeah. like, what are you complaining about? They, yeah, sure. If they removed extra, sorry for your loss on that, I guess. But I'm not going to show too much sympathy for you. Like, you used an exploit to gain 10 billion credits and buy 10 cutters. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it, too. Um, the other thing, that's that's pretty much all. I mean, there was a bunch of uh, fixes in the patch notes, but those were the ones that kind of stood out to me. They had a few specific things about, like, the, the Diamondback Explorer paint job. They had a few mismatched paint jobs they fixed in there. Um, oh, sweet. That means my paint job will look right again. Probably so, yeah. <laughs> um, another thing I want to add, add about the ARC store, mm-hmm. and I have to say this just because I'm kind of excited about it, they... Uh, there are now plants that you can buy for your dashboard instead of bobbleheads. What? You didn't know that? No, I did not. You can buy like, okay, so there's, I know for a fact there's an aloe plant there. I think one of the tree brain things is a plant that you can buy. And there's like, I think two or three other plants. So you can have those on your dashboard. And as much as I hate to say it, like, I'm going to buy one. Yep. Because, like, and they're at the lowest level of arcs you can get. So, like, But having plants on your dashboard, I kind of feel like that's one of those touches where it's just like, I'm producing my own oxygen. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I might get behind that. I like that. Um, but like, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. No, that's actually pretty cool. So, um, In other news... Looks like um, Sally Morgan Moore, production product manager marketing for Elite Dangerous, is leaving FDev. Um, 
she's been on a few live streams. Um, she's been a little bit of the face of the community, as, um, or at least the face of FDev here and there. Um, her last day is officially October 7th, it says here. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you on that because I want to admit how cool it is that it's 07, which yeah. is the food icon. <laughs> yep, yep. I've actually thought of that as well. Um, but keep going. Um, I don't. I don't think we know where she's going, um, or what her plans are. Uh, she's got a on, on her on her Twitter page. She's got a fairly lengthy post here about uh, thanks for the memories and stuff, and I got a really cool like collage of I don't know like FDev employees and stuff. Uh, there's a picture here of the of a cast a, a stream she did with will i remember watching that one that's the only place i remember actually seeing her but i know she was like all over the streams and stuff so well from what i've seen she has been like like you said a face of the community and mm -hmm. that's kind of crazy to think about because she's a project or, or not a project a product manager and when you think about product managers that's things like side products that come spawn out of the game mm -hmm. such as like if like there's that i i think there's an elite role playing at like tabletop rpg that you can play yep and she yeah you know, she has things to do with that typically you don't see product managers as the face of a company but apparently she was super involved with the community yep. and you know, that's the big question. It's just, okay, so whoever gets promoted to this, are they going to be as involved, or are they just going to kind of be another background person who does marketing for lunchboxes and thermoses? Well, the thing, the thing I'll say about this is that, um, you know, there's there's people leaving and, co there's people leaving and going to game, game companies all the time. They have a, a very fast-revolving door, and... Um, I mean, for the most part, there's there's plenty of exceptions out there, but um, what what I mean, each of these companies compete with each other, yes, but at the same time, a lot of companies are very friendly with each other because you might be working with those people on your next project because they oh, they yeah. move around people so much. So, um, I I just kind of think that, and the the other thing I'll say is that you don't always know who the face of and I don't know if I would really necessarily say that Sally or uh or that I, wouldn't, I don't know if I really would necessarily say that she's the face of the community but she was definitely involved in the community. I mean she did some 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 streams with Will and whatnot. Um but when you you don't always know who the face of your gaming community is going to be because you might have someone assigned to do it but someone might be a little bit more friendly or be a little bit more able to talk with the community so but um frontier is really good about moving people around and putting people in different roles for that oh yeah um, i mean i don't disagree with that but i mean from what i've read like she was a huge part of the community mm -hmm. and it's kind of sad to lose such a big person within that um but it's like I said, I mean, is the next person that steps up, are they just going to be involved? The part, are they going to try to get involved in the community like she was? Because apparently during a lot of the community stuff, she would be there. She would communicate with players. She would mm -hmm. talk to players and play the game with players. Like that's to me, that's one of those things where 
that makes your company a better company when people who aren't even supposed to be involved with the community mm -hmm. are. Yeah, I because agree. you get to know more of the inner workings of the company. You get close with them, and then you develop that relationship. And without yeah. that relationship, then things fall apart, which is, I, I feel like, kind of what we're seeing now. Because, you know, nobody feels like they're communicating. Yeah. But, I mean, I wish the best of luck to her. And Agreed. once again, I still think it's funny as hell that she's leaving on 07, so respect, yep. salute. <laughs> um <laughs> so the next thing i want to talk about is um to me the second biggest thing on our list here actually uh, the third biggest thing because number one is going to be the pilot interview next week but oh yes but if you're talking about what i think you're talking about if we're going in order here then yeah this is pretty big yeah we're going so so, Sony announced, I believe this was announced uh, October 1st. Wednesday. Uh, was it? God, so good. October 2nd. It was yesterday, okay. Um, Sony's cross-play function for the PS4 has now completed its beta phase and is a full feature for developers to make use of. Strangely, Sony has made no official announcement about cross-play being promoted to a full feature yeah uh well i guess sony didn't actually announce this they but they they put it out there to their developers yep um now if if, if you're like me and, and you're you're a pc guy you don't really follow the playstation much but i do follow sony because sony has kind of become a tempo setter for the industry as a whole oh yeah i mean you have to think about the things i've come out with and the things i've done yeah. But you look at games like for this, like the crossplay functionality. Um, and I hate to even say this, but you have to look at Fortnite as kind of like the 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 push for that. Well, because Fortnite was the game that brought a lot of different things together that sh that people said would never be together. You know, the the example I can give you is that I work with um I work with the guy who has uh three kids. And um, he he's in a situation where he has an Xbox, a PlayStation, and a Switch, and all of them wanted to play Fortnite, and he's not gonna let them play on their on his PC. Uh, <laughs> but he was, you know, he's in a situation. No, I mean you can't blame him. You know? I have to laugh at that just because, like, okay, I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. Yes, I played Fortnite on my computer. Yeah, but. If you look at it from adult children perspective, he bought three different consoles. They all want to play Fortnite, and he said, "You're not using my computer." <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, he bought he bought the three consoles at different different points for different reasons. Oh yeah. But and yeah. then Fortnite comes out, and to Fortnite's credit, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna let they everybody play together." Everything together. Right. And to my I, knowledge, as much as I hate to say that, Fortnite brought. The gaming community together. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not give them too much credit because there's been other games that have done this. Mm, the, the Fortnite was pretty much the frontier of it. The, the, well, they were so. This ah, no, let's, I disagree. Okay, I play Rocket League. Rocket League kind of brought it forth first. It just yep. didn't get as much attention. Yep. And if you run the clock more, uh, Final Fantasy 14 is a completely cross-play game. Oh, I had no idea on that. Yep. Yep, you could be raiding with someone on a PlayStation and you're on your PC. I've done huh. it. 
Um, so, so I mean, they're, Fortnite was not the first one, but I would say Fortnite is easily the largest one. It has the most coverage. So We'll put it that way. Yeah. So my thing is that I look at this like – and yet, so Fortnite did this, but the PlayStation would not let people play. Standard. So Sony Sony was basically saying, no, you got to play in our yard. And the worst part was if you're on your account – and you buy, and I don't. I've, I'm not a Fortnite guy, so I don't know how this works exactly. But if, but if you buy a hat on your Switch account, and you load it in your Xbox, you got your hat. But then if you load it into your uh, the same account now, if you load it into your the same account on your PlayStation, well, you don't have the hat. But let's say you go buy the hat on the PlayStation, a different hat on the PlayStation, well, you don't have it on the Xbox or, or Switch. And. So, this is something I feel like has been a problem with gaming for years upon years. Yeah. Like, I get that you want to make money off of it, but not allowing more players to play with each other on different consoles and different systems and PC and Nintendo and whatever. Honestly, it's 2019. Let's admit it. You're hurting yourself more than you're helping yourself. Because... Okay. My whole thing about it is, it's just like if they're still buying the stuff via your platform. Like if I'm playing on PC and I buy a hat via your the PC platform, that money still goes to you. Yeah. If somebody buys a hat via the PlayStation platform, that money still goes. You still get your money. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't, I don't know. Sony was saying that we're not the problem. That's we're not the, we're not the reason why we don't want to. Uh, Crossplay. We're not the reason why, but they were. Um, there was a bug there for a while. I, you know, I believe it was actually in Fortnite where beta or PTR could actually see Xbox players, and it, it was patched out very quickly because you know Sony didn't like that. And I'm gonna slam Sony a little bit here. I not not allowing crossplay is a really bad idea. And well, if mean, you don't believe me, let's let, let's go back to look at uh, the Mac and look what's happened to the to the gaming community on the Mac. Oh wait, there's not one. That's because there was a point where basically said where this didn't even happen, but about five between five and eight years ago, where Mac was like, if you're gonna play over here with this, we're not gonna let you play anywhere else. And I'm not yeah, talking about the iOS. I'm talking about like, like on their piece, like on their. Yeah, like, on yeah. the uh, on the, the 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 actual Macs, like their right, right. computer counterpart. But uh, I mean, the whole thing about looking at that is, it's just like with Mac, like it's like okay, you had all of three hundred players out of a five thousand player database, yeah, playing together. Yeah, like how do you view that as open potential to make money? Yeah, is my question. Well, in in in, it, in before I get slammed on the Mac thing, there are plenty of examples where Pete, where games have crossed the barrier, but there's an equal or more examples where they don't they don't play with each other, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's that's my whole thing. It's just like, how can you not look as cross platform as more money, as yeah. more potential? Well, um, well I, I because, go ahead, go ahead. I I just kind of hope that. FDev and other developers look at this as an opportunity 
because I mean, here's the thing: PlayStation Five is coming out next year, or will will be announced next year. I don't think it'll come out next year, but it's going to be announced next year. It'll be a fully announced so like thing next 2022 year. Twenty twenty two is what you're thinking. I th- I'm actually thinking twenty twenty one, like mid twenty twenty one, or maybe early twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good call. It's 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 entirely possible I'm wrong and we see it Christmas next year. Uh, but this just You're just right. guessing, you know. I would wait uh, to buy those because those twenty those those Christmas twenty twenties are going to be kind of buggy. <laughs> I, the PlayStation Four is probably my last console, with the exception of uh, Nintendo consoles, because I'm a big Zelda Zelda and Metroid nerd. So. Oh, Nintendo, please! If you were to license your products to PC. You'd make so much money. <laughs> they, they already make so much money. They don't care. <laughs> but, okay, so this has nothing to do with the cross-platform play. Well, it does, and it doesn't at the same time. Because, like, Sony's its own company. Nintendo's mm-hmm. its own company. Mm-hmm. I get that. You guys keep your shit to yourselves. Whatever. Microsoft. You have PC. You release the Xbox. Why? Was Xbox PC crossplay never a thing until just like 2018? Like they are both owned by Microsoft. Why I, is this not a thing that has been allowed up until this point? Well, is I, my question. I can tell you why. It boils down to money. Um, I mean, you, you have to understand something, okay? Let's let's rewind the clock to like 2004, 2005, okay, or 2003, 2004. The PC was dead. Like, no, it wasn't. Well, it was it was on his last leg. Like it was and it wasn't. But there's been a well, huge hold on, resurgence. hold on. So so it was it was dead because the 360 was or the Xbox was killing it. The PlayStation 2 was killing it. The 360 was uh, either out or just about to come out. And the I mean people didn't play because it was so much easier to go buy a box with a controller. And this. For whatever reason, people think their controller is more uh, friendly to learn to play with than a mouse and keyboard. So, it is depending on the game. Depending on the game, I'll agree with you. But, and 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 maybe I'm wrong for saying this. I credit Blizzard with nearly single-handedly saving PC gaming, because you know what, twelve and a half million people wanted to play in 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007. You know, you want know, 12 million people went to the stores, went to Best Buy to buy desktop PCs or upgrade their existing crappy desktop PCs. World of Warcraft. And, and if you take that okay. out of history, I don't know if we would have the PC the way it is. Okay, well, let me put it to you this way, because I didn't start World of Warcraft vanilla until very, very late in the game. I didn't get my first computer until 2005. Right. Also, I had an Xbox 360 at that time. The right. only game I played on Xbox 360 was Call of Duty 2. But on PC, because I had missed out on so much, I had friends telling me to... I mean, the games were super cheap because they were old. But they were right. like, you gotta check this out, you gotta check that out, you gotta check this out, you gotta check that out. I spent more time on my 2005 shitty whatever PC I had at that time playing video games that were older mm-hmm. than I ever did on my Xbox. Well, like when my Xbox 360 decided to red ring on me, mm-hmm. I, I sent it into Microsoft for repairs. And in the two weeks, it took them to repair that I didn't care. I was a complete PC convert. 
because I, I don't know. I just feel like the quality of things on PC is so much better. And this isn't to discredit Xbox players, but I can also sit here and, and look at those guys and go, okay, let's take Grand Theft Auto 4, which is a years upon years old game. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, is that on PC, I can download files and replay that game in an Iron Man suit. Yep. I can't do that on my Xbox. Well, or it, if you look at Call of Duty 4, which is even older, I can download an entire mod set where there's a map based upon Star Wars and classes based upon Star Wars. And if I walk by the cantina in that Star Wars map, I hear like to me, that's what sells PC more than consoles is that you have these extra options, even though they're user generated. But because they're there, they extend so much of the game you play, and you get much more money's value out of it. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'll also say that, you know, um, I mean, we're already we're starting to see mods on the uh, on the consoles. You know, like the uh, Fallout Four, I believe, had mods. Uh, Skyrim uh, has mods now, nowhere near as many on the PC, but they do exist. I was not aware of this on consoles, but I'm pretty sure there's things, extra things you have to do with the consoles that are a crap ton harder besides just enabling permissions in a folder on a computer. Well, you have to buy the... Yeah, Bethesda actually charges for them. So there is something there. But they're just, like, they're just like a little checkbox that you go in there and click and turn on, and then it downloads it, updates it, does its thing. I actually remember that and how much blowback Bethesda got because of that. Because yeah. they were like, you're pretty much just limiting the modding community. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's a company I feel like has kind of fallen from grace, in my opinion. And, like, I, I, I held them in very high regard up until basically Fallout 4. I feel like Fallout 4 was a huge miss. So, I don't know. I, I story wise, yes, Fallout Four fell super short. Gameplay wise, I feel like there were many improvements that were needed. Yeah. But, but you shouldn't have sacrificed the story as much as you did for the gameplay improvements. Yeah. But um, you know, now that crossplay exists in the play, in the PS4 world, I'm hoping that we get cross play uh, in in elite dangerous um, I think it would be really cool to oh hell yeah to swap back and forth I would do that very often um, um, can I bring up one extra point into sure. this argument about cross play sure um, because a lot of people and there's always the debate about keyboard mice versus controllers. Oh, that, that, that debate's never going to go away. I will sit here and tell you, at top levels, that's where it really matters. If you're a professional player, then yes, keyboard is going to beat controller. Like, that's hands down. Yeah. But that's a professional level. The majority of players that play, it's really not going to make that much of a difference. Well, and the reason why I say this, let me, let me explain when uh, Crisis 2 came out, mm -hmm. I one of my very good friends and professional tattoo artists, Robert Spear, 
he he played Crisis 2 on the PC, but he used a controller, and I used mouse and keyboard. And like I said, this, this is why I bring it down to the professional point, not just a casual player playing. He would consistently come in top three spots in multiplayer matches of that game using his Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. More so than I would with mouse and keyboard. Because he had played Xbox for so long and played so many shooters on Xbox for all that long that that was his preferred method. So it worked for him. Right. Well, it's if, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about Elite here, and the turn rate on ships is the turn rate on ships, no matter if you're using a mouse or a joystick or an Xbox controller. Yeah. So it's, to me, this is the perfect game where crossplay would would be little to no effect. Now, if we do space legs next year, like everybody's thinking, and personally I'm thinking, and we get this game becomes like a, a, a shooter type of thing, which I don't know if I'm really, really sure I even want. Elite Dangerous Battle Royale. Exactly. I, <laughs> it's, oh God, I hope, I hope we don't get a shooter. I really well, don't. It's, it's like I said, I mean, it still really only boils down to the top level of play in right. which... Elite, I'm going to say at this point, because CQC was such a major failure, Mm -hmm. it's not a competitive game, so you're not going to have those... I mean, I'm not sitting here and saying there's not people out there that couldn't be touched in Imperial Eagle. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that, but the majority of the player base, it's it's not going to matter. Yeah. Well, It's just going to be those top percentage, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if, if we, you know, it's, it's entirely possible uh, FDev is kind of betting on that we'll get more players uh, out of, if they do space legs. Uh, I mean, I'm not even going to sit here and lie. I hope we do. I want this game to thrive. I want this game yeah. to survive. Yeah. But all of this negative press that's coming out right now and all of this negative thing, like, they really kind of need to focus on damage control and quality control. Well, yeah. Uh, it's because... also entirely possible that there's a bit of a calculated risk they're doing here. Uh, well, I mean, the thing you have to look at, though, is like you have players across the board complaining about all of this stuff. If you have somebody that just buys the game today, yeah. or not even just buy, but they're looking to buy the game, and they go to the Reddit, and they go to the Steam reviews, and they go to whatever... Yeah. And they read all of the stuff where it's just like, oh, well, this is the 10th time. Da, 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 and that's what they're going to see, and they're not going to purchase it. Whereas right. it's just like, that's face value, and I hate to say it, but we are in a face value moment. But it's just like, once you delve deeper into this game, this game has so much more to it than you think it ever could. And those negative views are just people that are mad about certain specific things. I'm pretty sure if you were to talk to them one-on-one, and ask about their personal opinion of it, they would tell you that they love this game and they just wanted to succeed. And I think that's the reason why there's so much negativity, neg- negativity, negativity right now, because people are passionate about this game. People want this game to go farther than what it does. Right. It just doesn't because of these small, literally, and I, I'm saying this and I, I mean it, it's literally small things overall like with the limpet thing in mining sure yeah that's a major thing if you want to go mining but there's like while it's broken 
do passenger missions, do trade runs, go explore for a little bit, do some combat. There's tons of other things you can do besides mining. Yeah. Is it as profitable? No, I'll admit that. Like, yeah, you want as much money as you can get per your playtime, but if it doesn't work at that point in time, you can still make money. Right. That's my whole thing about it. Like, stop being so overly dramatic about one thing being broken when there's ten other things you can go do. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you to some extent, but... Um... Oh, no, I'm definitely not saying that, yeah, it's okay that this is broken. It's not okay that it's broken. Right. There's no reason it should be with the update that they had because it was a new player experience, new ship skins. Right. Why did that break limpets and mining? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm saying what you should do is instead of focusing on the problem, go to something else, let them fix the problem, and then come back. Well, like be an adult about this situation. Yeah. Well, um, you know the, um, I, I, well, you know, and we we kind of got off on a pretty good tangent here, but getting back to the crossplay thing, I'm excited about it. I hope that oh, they yeah. enable it. Um, I think it'd be cool. Sorry, for... that's that's my fault about <laughs> the tangent. That was a Ty. You've had two weekly rants. I got my weekly rant. Yep, yep. You got yours, buddy. <laughs> um, no, but we, but, you, you know, know, I'm super excited about this, and I really hope it's something that happens. Yep. Um, and with that, we are going to talk about a new segment called "Earn Your Wings," where me and Justin give new pilots uh what tiny bits of information we might have about the game Uh, all right and to preface this i want to start out because something you probably did not hear uh i questioned ty about this but like he's more experienced he stayed with this game longer than i did i started playing it at launch and i Stop playing it and come back to it within the past two months. So this is going to be experience, quote, I'll put this in quotes, experience pilot versus new pilot. Because and, I feel like I'm a new pilot. And let me also say that I am not a PvP expert. What little bit I do know has been drastically gleaned from others. So There we go. So the first topic that we're going to cover is what's called when to run and when to stay in a fight because yeah. Ooh, this was this was a question topic. that was asked in, in an email that we'll read at the end of the show um, this is actually a segment suggested by the same person and uh, we'll go from there so I actually like this idea if I'm yeah. being honest <laughs> I, I do too I, I, I like this idea as a segment I like this idea as something we can talk about each week and um, so the question is when to run, when to stay in a fight. So I break this down into into two categories, first of all. One is okay, PvP, um, one is PvE. All right, well, I will let you handle the PvP because I've never really done it. Okay. Um, so, but when you're ready for my input on it, uh, at verse, in PvE... Mm-hmm. You just, you know, you give me that signal phrase, that, that whatever, <laughs> and uh, let me know, and you go right on ahead, sir. So, in in PvP, 
a good rule of thumb, the first thing, if you're fighting a competent person in PvP, um, they're going to have weapons that's going to pierce your shields very quickly and target your power power plant. Because if Such you get as rail guns or plasma accelerators, um, I think you have that's to put... a general. That's a that's a real question. Right. I I can't remember the name of the modification, but there is a oh. there's an engineer mod that will pierce right through shields. Well, I feel like those are the two weapons that I see the most in PvP videos and things on Reddit are plasma accelerators and railguns. Right. So like. For me, not having an understanding, this is me asking you as person to person, mm -hmm. and just going, "Hey, like, is this how PvP is?" Because you have more experience with PvP than I do. Well, and I don't have a whole hell of a lot, um, because most of the time when I do PvP, it's it's pretty much uh, insta death. And the few <laughs> times I've few times I've survived a little bit in PvP is because I'm pretty sure I was. Um, I was uh, uh, able. I was fighting someone who just didn't know what they were doing. Uh, Don't be afraid to say it. you ran like a coward. It's okay. Oh yes, I did. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I went and looked it up. It's called phasing sequence, and it's for pulse and uh, burst lasers, and it allows some damage to bleed through. Uh, and I believe um, the another thing you can do is what's called heat damage. Which raises the heat and causes damage to your subsystems. Because they're not necessarily looking to damage your main systems. They're looking to damage your subsystems. Because if they can get your power plant down to zero, nothing works anyway. So that's what they're after. So if, if, in, if, if in PvP... Let's, not, if let's you're, not hear BS it. Uh, that's a nightmare regardless of PvP or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If you launch into a sun and all of a sudden it's like, heat damage, you're, you're freaking out. Yeah. But if you're if you're fighting someone and you're in PvP and your uh, your shields are still up or the shields are you know going down, but you're taking hull damage, that's a good sign they got piercing weapons and it's get out of there as soon as possible. Now the PvP the PVE side is kind of the same thing. Um, once once you start taking hull damage or module damage. I, I typically run, especially if I'm in a more expensive ship. Okay, uh, well, I will preface this because I've never done PvP. But um, it is one of those things, though, where um, like if I see that a module such as like a multi-candidate is malfunctioning mm -hmm. after a PvE fight, like, I, I have a tendency to stop combat at that point because I don't want to lose my ship because I can't shoot my multi-cannon at something. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, this isn't one of those things where it's like you should leave at that point. If you're at 98% hull and you have full shields, you're fine. Yeah. But um, for me, the biggest thing, because I do mostly PvE, I've never done PvP, so I, I can't say even say mostly, I guess at all. Right. But once I hear that sound of glass cracking and my hull breaking, if I can help it, which I'm not going to say as always, but as soon as I hear that sound that sounds like glass cracking, I will stop any sort of combat I'm in and try to dip out as fast as I can so I can repair my canopy. Yeah. Because canopy breaches are no fun. 
Let's admit it. If you're in the middle of a combat situation and you have five minutes to get back to a station to repair your hull, it's looking kind of tight a lot of the times. Well, you know, in in you know, to kind of go along the same aspect, another question would be how to run. So, like, once you make the in, in, I'll also say this: once you commit to staying in a fight or to running, commit. Just, just even if you're wrong, be wrong. That's that's. I think that's a rule for any game. If you're going to commit to something, commit to it. Right. And either A, own up to the fault, or B, revel in your success. Right. Like, that's how it goes. But, um, but if you're. I mean, there are a lot of things, and I don't quite understand PvP, but I know there's a lot of subsystem targeting, and if you can't thrust, then it really doesn't matter at that point. Mm-hmm. If they've taken out your thrusters, you're dead dead in the water. Like that's just that's just it. Yeah. So so like I well I'm a big believer that you know you you uh you fight on your terms. And if you're in a, if you're in a fight where you're not on your terms, get out of there. Like PvP or PvE, you're you're better off getting out of there and uh, trying again. Uh, well, I mean, if you watch any PvE video from Obsidian Ant or like uh, Commander Exegius, they always tell you enter a fight in favorable terms for you. Yep. Like always go from behind, always go from above. Yep. And try to maintain that position. If you can't maintain that position, then no matter what you do. Don't try to focus fire if you get out of that position. Try to get back into that position. And, and another thing to think about is use your environment. If 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 you're in a fight and you need to run, and you're in an asteroid field, fly. You know, put because I've done this before. Uh, first time I took oh, down yeah. an anaconda, I was in a viper. I was in a vulture, and I uh, thrust it around an asteroid. Until and then, until my shields rebuilt, uh, were able to recharge, and then I popped out, and, and, and it was an NPC, of course, but it kept just thrusting around the asteroid trying to kill me. But I was doing a really good job keeping it between me and him, to where he couldn't get an angle on me. Oh yeah, and I then, mean that's the whole thing. It depends on your environment as well. Like if you're in open field, you're screwed. But if you're in an asteroid field where you have a lot of cover, mm-hmm. you can put several of those asteroids into your favor. Yep. PVE or PVP, like. There's a ways to, uh, like, if you're using a more maneuverable ship, you can maneuver between two or three asteroids, hide behind one, let them pass, and then get behind them again. Yep. And, but and, if you're in open combat, then... And you can yeah. also you can also use it to your advantage. Like, if you're fighting a ship bigger than you, and you can get them to get on the other side of an asteroid, that's a good opportunity for you to turn and run. And that, because that, they still got to come around the asteroid, that's... that's, that's a good way to look at it is to make the line between you and them as long as possible, whether it becomes a curve or an S or whatever, make it as long as possible. Not even just as long as possible, as invisible as possible. Because if you have three asteroids between you and the guy chasing you, and you suddenly do a three six or a one eighty turnaround, turn back on them, but they don't see you do that, they'll keep going one direction, you keep going the other direction, you're safe. Now, we say all this with the preface that we are by far no, not experts in the actual combat side of the game. I am <laughs> combat elite, and so I'll, I'll take some, some credit with that. I'm triple elite, so I'll take some credit with that. 
But uh, I, I, the only reason I got the combat elite is because I farmed Thargoids for 16,000 years. So. <laughs> um, it is 3305 after all. Yeah. Um, so the question for you, so we didn't do this last week. We did it the week before. We didn't do this last week because we got off on too many tangents. But the question for you this week, Justin, is, and, and I'm going to preface this by saying, in this game, the thing that annoys me and the thing that I like, or one of the things that annoys me and one of the things that I like is the fact that your faction choice doesn't matter. Now, I'm not talking about power play. I'm talking about faction. I'm talking about federation, alliance, empire. They don't matter because, you know, right now I'm friendly with all three. We've had the discussion already, so I'm glad you're asking me this because yep. now I have, like, I've already got some pre-thought on this. Good, good. So, like, if I had to choose right now, I probably would choose the Alliance. I like, mean, I'm going, well, I'm going to assume that you're not talking about the factions having the module limits. No, 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 no. You're just talking about the overall limits, not the individual leader limits. Well, well, yeah. I mean, keep in mind we're not talking about power play. We're talking about just those three factions. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, the big thing I look at is like the system lock for Soul because we all live on Earth. We all want to kind of visit that. Yep. Uh, Empire doesn't have that alliance with now. The Federation does. Now I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I've slightly looked up some of this information mm -hmm. uh there are things that i like and do not like about each faction yep and i feel like that's the way it should be it's kind of like watching game of thrones you cannot like a certain individual within a family but every family has their belief mm -hmm. and you can't fault them and they're all characters because they all have their beliefs and they have their disbeliefs and things they stand against and for and right. that's with any individual. We all have something we stand for. We have something we stand against. Uh, I don't like the Imperials per se because of the slavery thing. Uh, I know, you know, with recent patches and things like that and storylines over the next, over the past three or four years, they've moved away from that. But it was still there. Yeah. Um, I don't like the Federation because the Federation seems kind of like, oh, we want to control everything. Yeah. The Alliance, I don't know too much about, if I'm being honest with you, uh, but it just seems like it's a United Outsiders gathering. Yep. And there are things in there that are shady. I mean, but that's with every faction. So it's just like, okay, if I had to choose one. Honestly, if I'm looking at it, I'd probably go Federation. For the principal fact that they have the Solok, and I would kind of like to revisit my home planet. Right. And discover where... It, it, and even if this is like I wasn't born on planet Earth, I would like to discover where we came from, which is Earth. Right. Um, also, they... I mean, they have some pretty decent ships. Uh, but... Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know, I feel like... Because, like, okay, if we look at it from the, like, the Thargoid war part of you, which a lot of people sense as maybe the Federation started that combat before it needed to be started. Mm -hmm. But within that realm, I also feel like they're trying to protect humanity better than anybody else. Yeah. And I'm not, that's nothing, not saying anything against Alliance, it's not saying anything against Empire, but 
I don't know. I just kind of feel like, like it's kind of the current system that I live in, so I'm more comfortable with it, and I haven't explored enough of it to understand everything else going on with the other factions. So that'll be my answer: is Federation, and and honestly, it's just because I feel like they have human survival in their best interest versus everybody else. So the way I kind of thought about this was that, you know, I, I play I'm my my history. I said this a lot is in World of Warcraft, and you know, there's there you have to make a hard choice right at the very beginning. It's Alliance or Horde. Alliance or Horde. And in which, uh, like, can I interject on this and say? I wouldn't even say so much as the decision between Alliance and Horde. It's against, do you want to play Undead or Human? Do you want to play Orc or this? Or do you, like, it, it's it's racial classes more than the Alliance you're pledged to. Right. Because I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you. I went Horde because I'm a huge fan of the Undead and everything they do. Like, their emotes, their movement, everything. Right. Like, I had at least four Undead characters when I played World of Warcraft. Uh, I did have one Worgen character... But Worgen felt kind of out of place in the Alliance, if I'm being honest with you. But that's the whole thing. It's like it's still boiled down to specific racial things within a certain Alliance versus the entire Alliance itself. Well, I mean, um, I don't know. For, for for me, I like I follow my friends. That's why I chose the Alliance. So I think about, you know, like, like in that game... There's a very hard division. And, like, if you're on a PvP server, you have to fight the Horde. If you're Alliance, you have to fight the Alliance if you're the Horde. And, dude, it, it genuinely built up a genuine hatred for the Horde over the years. Like, I, because I've, I like my Dwarves, I like my Alliance, I like my Worgen. Which I and, think is funny because you're Alliance and I'm Horde. We yeah. should hate each other, but here we are in a podcast. Game. Well, I mean, it's I mean, we can be friendly, but like if we saw each other in game, like I'd be like if I killed you or you killed me, I'd be cussing you. You know, uh, I I disagree with that because if I saw you in game, I'd probably slash wave you. Well, and then move on about my day. I wouldn't try to attack you. That's the kind of player I was. Well, like just, if I knew you and knew you played that, I'd wave to you and then I'd go about my business. Well, so so. I think about like if they if 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 FDev was to like hard divide the three factions like hard like you can't like if you go Imperial you can't be friends with the with the Federation like you are like they they just show up as this flagged red to you or whatever you know um, I think that'd be kind of a cool change they could do I think it'd be kind of cool if they were to implement like a full blown faction server mode you know I don't know how that would look exactly but I think there'd be a small change that they can implement that would be a big change to the functionality of the game, for lack of a better way to now, put it. I will sit here and say I don't disagree with you on that. Um, I feel like that's something that would be huge. Yeah, It'd be great. But we kind of have to do what the Alliance does and unlock the Alliance lock ships. Because, you know, the, having those ships, like... Don't get me wrong, none of any of the Alliance lock ships, like the Empire ships, the Federal ships, the Alliance has no lock ships. You can buy any Alliance ship at any time, no matter what your rank is. But those lock ships, like, they're not as good as some of the general ships or some of the other ships. Like, you know, oh, well, this one, like, let's look at the Federal gunship, for example. Yeah, sure, it has a shit ton of hard points, but it's not as good as a lot of things as, say, a crate. 
And like, I feel like that was something that would have to be removed is just uh, allegiance ship locking unless they had some sort of specialty ship, but then they would have to take that ship and balance it against another ship. Kind of like at the beginning of World of Warcraft when Horde only had shamans and Alliance only had paladins. Right. They had to balance those two classes against each other instead of letting them be their own thing. That's a, you, you, you bring up a good point there. I I feel like there's enough neutral ships that they wouldn't have to do much. Um, I don't know. And, and for that matter, you can make the argument, just, just let it be how it is and just let things settle. Kind of let the community settle itself. You know, because... Um, I, I, I don't know. This is my own opinion. I just kind of think that the, I kind of think that the community would kind of police itself for lack of a better way to put it. And if you, if you had something in there where you could change your, uh, faction, but it took like a very long amount of questing or missions or whatever, and you had to do a lot of, of rep, you know, a lot of rep farming or something. I think that that would be probably a good little balance there. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, I mean, cause, cause, cause then, you know, then I could, you know, you could, you also kind of play the attitude of like, well, I was a spy, for, I was a spy for the Alliance and I went and worked myself up and became an admiral in the Federation and got this Corvette. And then I left the, left the uh, Federation and went back to the Alliance. Yeah. So, but then it would make no sense for alliances to have Corvette against federal federal player corvettes like well it'd be it's kind just... of like having a human against a human in world of warcraft it just yeah. i don't know for me it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense well let me let me I'm tell you right just, now i'm not discrediting it because your ship has your ship why well, yes your ship may be your character your ship has nothing to do with your character though well let, let me tell you right now you say that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but i'm gonna tell you in World of Warcraft, I, I think it's coming. I think they're going to let people choose their factions pretty soon. And you know, it's funny as we had race, this discussion earlier this week, and I remember saying, it's just like, dude, if they do that, that is going to change so much within that game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. To, to, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, that'll be interesting, and that might be something that draws me back into yeah. World of Warcraft. And, and I'm I, not even going to lie to you. I haven't cared about World of Warcraft since Wrath of the Lich King. Yeah, and I, I don't want to I, turn this into the World of Warcraft show, so but I hear you. <laughs> it happens every week. <laughs> it does happen a lot, shit. But that's the thing about it is like we're allowed to go on these tangents. We yeah. like, but the thing is, it's just like I don't know. Within Elite, uh, I, I feel like you should remove ship restrictions if you're going to do something like that, or. Because uh, I can't even say this because it's just like if you unlock a ship and then decide to switch factions, then not use that ship. But that's bullshit because you worked so hard to unlock one ship. Hey, you know what? Take it with you. You were, you know, you play out the whole spy spy routine. You know. Yeah, but think about it. Like, if if you have a ship that looks friendly on the other team, then that's oh, but that's you see, you're thinking about it all wrong. Like, you, th you think about it. that's your one ship. There is no rebuy. Oh, that's an interesting point to bring up, but still at the same point I have to look at it as like if I'm if I'm Federation and I have a Corvette and then my enemy is Empire and has a Corvette. Like that's confusing if you're doing combat zones. Yeah. 
because you know you might think, okay, well that's a Corvette, that's federal, but no, well, it's Empire, and he tries to take you out. Well, I mean, so, people are still going to be flagged red or green or blue, so. And while I agree with that, but it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, so what if he destroys your Corvette? Are you still allowed to rebuy your Corvette, even though you're Federation? Well, yeah. Well, I okay. And, okay. And, so. and, 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 and keep in mind, we're ten full hatting here, okay? So yeah, like, yeah. so like, it's so like if 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 you know if I have a federal Corvette and I decide to leave the Federation and go join the Empire, and I lose my Corvette in a battle, well. I'm back in a sidewinder. I can't go buy another Corvette unless I go back through the, you know, the, uh, all the back... I wouldn't say you're back in a sidewinder. I would say you're back in a ship that you can, that you have. I think you're back in a sidewinder and you, that's, that's the risk you run from changing factions. But you shouldn't lose every ship that you have because you change factions. But you want, you're just losing your, you're just losing ships. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So yeah. I, I, I could agree with that term because, you know, that allows for infiltration and spy stuff and yep. stealth missions and, and based keep, on rank. And keep in mind, you're not... But then they would have to allow the Alliance ships, because there are Alliance ships, but they don't require rank within the Alliance to get. Yep. Well, I mean, keep in they mind... They have to add that to the game. Well, keep in mind, we're not talking about losing your credits or losing any stored modules or any, any other... Like, if you, if you go and buy, you know, five Corvettes and you store four of them and you lose one but you still got four in your in your um in your shipyard that's a lot of grinding <laughs> yeah it, it's, i'm it's, sure there's people out there that could do it but it's one of those things where it's like i feel like that's i feel like that's a small amount of coding that fdf could do that would be a, a big change and they could they could set it up to where it's like it's like its own little you know its own little version of the world Okay, I will say this. I don't disagree with you losing your ships. That's genius. Uh, the fact that you state it's like you don't lose your modules. Okay, if we if you lose your ship and not the modules, then yes, go for it. 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. I feel like that's just... My, my point to this was that I feel like it's a small change that they could do that would be a pretty big, pretty big change to the universe or the galaxy, so to speak. That would have a pretty big impact. And well, it would make it would make things matter, right? And that's quote that, unquote. Th- th- that's that's what I'm getting at. Is that right now, there, there are there are other games out there where factions matter and they're a big deal. And in this game, factions yeah. don't really matter. And I yeah, kind of yeah. wish well, they did a little you, bit. You grind them to get a certain module. You grind them to get a certain bonus to the style of gameplay you're doing. Right. And that's it. Like, yep. but you know, if one of your friends is Empire and your Federation, then you can still do wing missions together. You can still blah 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 together. Like. Yep. So, so let's move on here because there's a couple other things I want to talk about here. Yep. Um, this is going to be a really long episode. <laughs> um, so, last week we talked about uh, Commander Joe Plater doing a uh, 24-hour play to raise uh, money for the British Thyroid Foundation. And uh, we went and looked, and he raised uh, 8,291 pounds. And then I went and converted that to U.S. dollars, because uh, if you're like me, no one knows what the hell a pound is, is in, in, <laughs> in America, unless you're you for know, those, talking... For, for those of us Merkins. Yep, Merkins. 
that equates to uh, $10,234.74 as of this, as of Hell October. Hell yeah. Can yeah. I just, real quick, I applaud that man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really cool. Um, I mean, he's he's got, he's... Thyroid cancer. He's yeah. got thyroid cancer himself. Um, he even stated on stream, which is, I'll say it. It's a, it's it's a real emotional moment, and you know he he pretty much said if he makes it until next year, which would be a medical miracle, he would do this again. Yep. But just the fact that somebody suffers from thyroid cancer and who you know is suffering in his day to day life because that's not easy to deal with. Uh, my mother's a nurse, and thyroid cancer is pretty much a death sentence. Yeah. Uh, for him to do this and raise that much money is, like, beyond words. He's an amazing individual, and the people that donated these monies and the people that watched and the people that contributed it, like, we here at Loose Screws, we can't say enough towards that. There's nothing we can say to show the gratitude for this because this is a severe thing. And for one commander who has even himself admitted he might not be here next year, he's on his last legs, blah, 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 and said it was a medical miracle. Like, he's an amazing individual and a true testament of humanity. Right. So, um, yeah, and, and, you know, um, I just I, best I can best thing I can say is I wish him all the best, and I hope that um, I hope that things work out better for him. Oh yeah, like I mean, there's really nothing else to be said. Like we really hope he can do this again next year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's amazing <laughs> that he did this. Like, I don't really know what else to say unless you have anything else to add on top of that. Yeah, I don't. I, I just wish him the best and hope things work out. So Yeah, like, he's an amazing individual, and I'm really happy that he raised as much money as he did for this foundation. The, the one other thing I'll say on it is that it's it's pretty cool to have a community that will jump behind you like that. Um, it, it, I, there's a lot of negativity in a lot of different gaming communities, and I, I don't feel like we have as much in this community, which is really cool. So, well, I mean, applaud applause to this community like you guys give yourself a hand and yeah just really like it's awesome that he raised this much money for this foundation and that everyone involved with it helped him so yeah there's nothing really else to be said about it that's and it's, it's an amazing achievement it's amazing that he's paying it forward like he is yeah so um there's 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 two last pieces of community stuff i want to talk about here and um, they kind of go hand in hand. And the first one is the open letter from, God, pretty much everybody in the community. Um, a lot of content creators, a lot of individual players. It's an open petition. Yep. And this was, I mean, this. There, there's a lot of stuff in this petition, but the main thing is basically saying, hey, we love your game. We're, we're bitching about this because we like you and we love your game and we want this to be better. But you're hurting us and this is why you're hurting us. And what it kind of boiled down to was uh, you're giving us broken 
updates. You're giving us broken patches. And you're not giving us a chance to test it. And I kind of have mixed emotions on this now. The other thing I want to say is that Elite Danger, uh, FDev, actually had uh, a response uh, from Zach Antonacci. If I butchered your name, I apologize. Um, he's the director of publishing for Frontier. Um, it's, it's a rather lengthy post, but I want to read you the statement that he said here. And this kind of rubbed me the wrong way, just a hair. Uh, Antonacci said, this, this conference and statement has been created by a number of well-known community members. The decision to create a list of grievances and recommendations slash demands slash guidelines followed by video content and a petition is specifically made in an attempt to make change through public pressure. While I do commend the, commend the aims listed of having a better and closer relationship between community and frontier, I am... I am unable to condone this approach. So, I have I have something I want to say on it, and then I'll let you talk about it, okay? Go for it. So, I have really mixed emotions about this open letter, the petition, and then the response. And the open letter petition... You don't necessarily have to petition a game company to do something. The easiest way to let them know how you feel is with your wallet. Because what people forget so often is that this is a video game. They are here to make money. They're not here to be your friend. They're not here to do anything else. They're here to make money. Now, these are also artists. These are also creators. And I am somewhat of a creator myself. I mean, we both are at this point. Right. And we want to produce a good product. We want to produce a product that people like. We want to produce a product that people are interested in. And when you don't, you want people to tell you about it, but you don't want it to go down into the world of the toxic vitriol world where it's just, I hate you and you're a piece of crap and die by you know horrible means because it's it still amazes me how fast that can happen in a gaming community i don't think i've i don't think it's happened as fast as anything else but i don't know you've been on a rant the past couple of weeks about some things that have happened within the community and to be honest with you like this is the worst i've seen this community react to things yep if i'm being 100 percent honest like it's been pretty, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Volatile. Yeah. Here lately. It has. And, and, you know, I've, I've made some, I've, I've made a little rant here or there and, but it's, it's, I think my first rant was in the straight up defense of FDev. And well, the I wouldn't even that... say that you were in defense of FDev. You were... In defense of making personal threats over a video game, which is something that just shouldn't be done point blank, period. Right. So I'll defend you on that one. Your first rant, totally justified. Like, oh, it's a fucking video game. Pardon my French, but like, there's no reason to make some like life threats against a person 
right. because something's broken in a video game. Like, that's stupid. It's beyond childish. Like, I don't even think a child is going to go that far. Yeah. You're just being so self-centered and centered and nihilistic at that point that, like, your voice shouldn't even be heard. It should just be stripped away. I'm sorry. Well, and, you know, and, you know, the, the, I feel like that we have a legitimate leg to stand on here. I, there was a time when FDev let us test patches, and there was a lot of bugs that were fixed after because we were able to test them. And I don't know exactly when they stopped doing that. I feel like it was well after uh, Horizons, um, but I might be wrong. I, I need to go back and look because I really feel like they just stopped doing that like the last three or four patches. Well, I want to say from what I've heard and what I've read, it's because of, like, community leaks, things like this petition, which this petition is not necessarily a bad thing. Nope. I, I signed it. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. If I could redact my signature, I would. Just because, like, if you remove the preamble from it, then it seems like it's an aggressive, hostile thing in which I don't believe this petition was ever meant to be. Agreed. I believe it was meant to tell them that, hey, we really care about this product. We really want to be a part of this product, and we want to help. Right. But if you remove the whole preamble to it, that's what it seems like. It seems like an aggressive, hostile takeover that, like, it shouldn't be. And it's not. It's totally not. But it could be misinterpreted that way. Well, the, the other thing I'll say is that, because I'm going to talk about the response here, too, because I have two thoughts on the response. One, I understand what um, uh, Antonacci is saying here. He's saying, hey, this is an aggressive thing. I'm not even going to listen to it. And I get how, from reading it, I get how you can get that. Yeah. But... I also think that, okay, I find it hard to believe that he read this and walked away from it and thought, okay, we're not doing any of this because the guys who wrote this are jerks. Some of the people that had in this list here, not too long ago, FDF flew them to their headquarters to show them some of the things they were working on. And uh, so I find it hard to believe that he walked away from it thinking, well, these guys are jerks. I'm not listening to them. I think that he really... I think he read it and then he, he he had a tone about it and then made a response. But all the things that he had there probably were in the back of his mind were like, yeah, this is probably something we should look at. This These are things well, we should I mean, probably should address. Now, the flip side of that is, is that these guys are trying to make money. Right now, to my knowledge, they are the number one game developer in the UK. And I believe they're in the top five in the EU. So... They, you know, they know what they're doing. Well, I mean, coming back to it, though, if you remove the preamble to where it's just like, this is a bunch of people that care about this game and want to see the best for it. If you remove that entirely, which is super simple to do, yeah, it could be read as a threat or whatever. But, I mean, and that's why I'm so torn on the fact that I've already signed it. Uh, it's It's... Because the way I read it, it's not meant to be that way. It's meant to be as like, 
hey, we care about this. This is a thing we're passionate about. This is a thing we care about. And yeah, it, it just comes misinterpreted that because of the wording of it. Yeah. Without the preamble. And it's just like, if you skip that preamble, yeah, it seems like a hostile thing. But I think the true intention of this is not to be hostile. It's to literally tell Frontier Developments we really care about this game. We really want this game to keep going. We really want to keep playing this game. Please let us help you within this process and whatever. Now, while I'll be honest with you, like most open beta tests with most people, like I, I, I've participated in a few, but I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know how to replicate stuff. And, but that's the thing. It's like you have people out there that I'm sure do because they're way more involved with the engine behind the game than the game itself. Yeah. But I mean, for a simple player like me, it's just like if something doesn't work, I'll just be like, hey, this doesn't work. Yeah. Like, I can I tell you how, why it doesn't work? No, but I know it doesn't. And that's what I can tell you, because my, my machine might be different than the machine that they're testing it on. Yeah. And that could just be the entire reason right there is that my machine's not the same as that machine. Well, in, in I don't know what links or what lengths that um, FDev goes to to test their patches internally, but judging by the way the last few updates have gone out, I don't feel like they have a very uh, I don't feel like they have a, a I don't I don't feel like they have a whole lot of test beds laying around, and I might be wrong. I don't know. They might have well, two hundred I mean, things also... laying around. I don't know. That also goes back, though, to the fact that they have a lot of their development team working on the 2020 update That's and a very small amount of the team working on the current stuff. Well, that's that's and exactly what I was about to say, you know. That... There's a bunch of problems that can present itself that those small team testing it right now might miss because they can't test for everything. And that's, you know, and more to the point of, this... of let us do it, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I get that. But a lot of this also stems from the fact that when Horizons came out, people whined and complained about paying $40 up front for updates that would come throughout the next two years. And FDev said, okay, well, the next one will just release it and you pay for all at once. And to be honest with you, I feel like that is going to cause a lot more problems because I feel like if they release something big, there's going to be a lot of more things that can come into the system. Well, let me... Let me so, uh, what I think... The, the reason why I think that they stopped... Um, and maybe I'm wrong. The reason why I think they stopped letting people beta test, I think it's because of all of the data mining that goes on when a patch is released. Anytime a patch is released, these data miners go through and they comb through every little thing that they can read to see if there's any little hint of what's coming. And this is Now, this is true with all video games right now. Yep, sure is. So, um, I kind of wonder... Because there, there's been some leaks in on, on Frontier side, and I know that, or I would, I would bet that the leak of the possible um, uh, space legs, I think that that maybe scared them a little bit, to where they're they're afraid to release a lot of information, or they're afraid they're afraid to put out. Like a P, like a like a PTR PTS server, so that they can 
they run the risk of getting more data out than they really want. And I kind of wonder if that's not something that they're like, that was part of the reason why they're like, no, we'll just, well, we're just going to stick to these smaller updates that we can control instead of releasing a PTS, which is a little bit less controlled. I mean, I agree with that. Uh, but another thing about that too, going on top of that is just like, you know, like, with that, I think it's another one of those things, too, where it's just, like, people see something, they blow it out of proportion, they get their expectations super high, and then they moan about when the thing comes out. It's like, oh, this isn't what they said it was, but it's just like, no, it's exactly what they said it was. You just got your expectations too high. Like, I'm going to sit here and I'll reference No Man's Sky. I played No Man's Sky at launch. I read the things, I saw what it was, saw this, saw that. And I knew what it was going to be. It was going to be a single-player, explore-the-galaxy, farm materials, blah, 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 yada, yada experience. But a lot of people misinterpreted that. And I think this is one of those things where it's just like it's trying to reduce that misinterpretation so that way there's not as much backlash once it releases. There's a lot of games that have done this where people are like, oh, well, they said they were going to do this. They said we're going to do it. And, but if you watch the trailers, they never said that. These are just things that people misinterpreted and then had put their expectations on it. When the trailers, the game videos, the whatever, never said anything about any of that. And that's an issue. And... Like, I honestly, I don't know how to fix it besides directly communicating. It's just like this update is going to be, you know, single player experience. Bada bing, bada boom. And I'm just using Lilith's last data patch for this. But I feel like a lot of players put high expectations on things that the developers never said they were going to do. Well, and, and you also, the last thing I'll say about it is this is that, um, so much iteration goes into these games and rarely the final product is what it was to begin with. There's always a lot of like robbing from Peter to pay Paul kind of things. There's a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, exceptions have to be made for this. A lot of, a lot of, well, we wanted to have this feature or we were working on this feature for quite a while, but then it took too long or uh, we realized that the engine wasn't really capable of this, so we had to wait. You know, there's there's a bunch of things that go into the development of a game that I don't even know about, but uh, I know that the final product is rarely what you what what it it was at conception. Well. I mean, to be on that point, too, like I feel like that's a within the company to be that transparent and say, hey, we thought we could do this, but come to find out our engine couldn't, couldn't handle it. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you because the thing there is not necessarily to be transparent. The thing there is to say, you know, like a perfect example is like we got this leak about space legs, base building and possible running around shooting Thargoids. Well, now there's, like, that's the bar. 
Mm-hmm. So, so if for some reason between now and the update, if they don't get space legs, base building, and running around shooting Thargoids, people are going to be disappointed. And it might, these, these things might be things that they conceptualize and they kind of test it out a little bit. Like, oh yeah, we'll be able to do this. But then six months later when they're really getting to the nuts and bolts of everything, like, oh man, this shit ain't going to work. Yeah, and, but would you rather a company say they could do that and then when they can't, not say anything? Or admit to you, hey, we messed up. We have to go to a different engine. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use Blizzard again. I think about, like, like, so recently there was a game, a StarCraft game, that was touted. It was called the Ares Project. And it was touted as a first-person shooter in the vein of, Battle of, of Battlefront. And I thought that was uh, the Titan Project. Titan was what Overwatch became. The Titan was ah, an MMO. Okay. Ah, I never got the yeah. of any of that. So I thought Titan was supposed to be a first-person MMO like World it, of Warcraft. It, it was supposed to be a first-person MMO, but this Ares Project was not an MMO. It was just a shooter. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And it was it was going to be in the StarCraft universe, and. The, from from everything I've read on it, it was it was basically done. Yeah. Now these are leaks, of course. Blizzard's never. I don't think Blizzard has actually said anything official on this. But they never do. But let's be honest. Yeah, but it, it it was basically done. But you know you were going to play as Protoss, Zerg, or, or Terran. But they got the Protoss working pretty well, and they got the Terran working pretty well. But they couldn't get the they couldn't get this. I mean, yeah, the, of course they couldn't get the Zerg to work well right. because the Zerg doesn't have shooter units. Right. So, <laughs> so, so, I mean, you think about Battlefront, you know, what do you do as a Battlefront? You're running around playing Battlefront. You're running around as like a stormtrooper, which works great for the, for the pro, for the Terrans and works great for the Protoss. Doesn't work so great for the, for the Zerg. So how the does Zerg that work? The Zerg doesn't have a shooter unit besides like a Hydralisk. Right. So it's and you, it. And you I can't played make, Zerg. I know. Well, I mean, you, you can make a melee type unit, but I mean, there's a there there's things. Yeah, but like, okay, okay. Here's the whole thing about having a melee unit versus a range unit for Terran and a range unit for Protoss. I have to get in close while they're shooting at me as I'm running up on them. Well, think not about, balanced. Think about it like this, man. Like, like what happens when you when you got? Because correct me if I'm wrong. Because it's been a while since I played Zerg. You got to combine two or three Zerg to make the next level, don't you? Like two or three uh... of the. What are they called? The little pod things. Drones? Yeah, the, no, they're not drones, but... Anyway, I can't remember, but I, I, I get how they couldn't get the Zerg to work, so they ended up scrapping the whole thing. So... I believe that started out as a mod, because they had a mod for StarCraft, like it was a StarCraft MMO mod. So, apparently, it did not start as a mod, according to what I've... The leaks, anyway. But it did not start as a mod, yeah. but they got the idea from the mod. It sounds... Yeah, okay. I was about to say, it sounds like the MMO mod that somebody came up with. Yeah. Which didn't have Zerg in it. You fought Zerg. Yeah. Whether you're Protoss or Terran. Which, you know, the... the Man, you want to talk about a game I would have been all in for? Was that. But, like, that was a, something they conceptualized, and they thought it was going to work, and then they got... From, well, where, from what I've read, four years you in. Your, yeah, you have to work it. Look at your player base for StarCraft, though, and it's just like you have a player base that is Zerg dedicated. Me being one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, but I mean, I wouldn't have been mad if I couldn't play a Zerg. No, but, but see, but see, well, now we're in a situation where we don't even get this, and by all exactly. reports, it's a great game, or was a great game, or was, shaping yeah. up to be a great game. You know, <laughs> but so, um. I mean, but, I don't know, like, 
right now, like, I'm in a phase where it's just like, because I'm still catching up, it's just wait and let Frontier do what Frontier's gonna do. Yeah. Um, as far as the mission board stuff goes, and they need to fix that ASAP, yep. that's priority number one. Because well, if I can't go to a mission board and get a mission for money, then why am I playing the game? Uh, of course, like, I could go mine, but right now I'm not in a mining mood. I'm yep. not in that chill of a mood. So it's just like, give me a mission to go out and do something. But if I can't do that, then what is the point of me playing? Like, I'll, as you know, I've started playing Remnant. Like, and Remnant right now calls me super hard. But at the same time, it's just like last night, I streamed three different games last night. Three separate games in one night. Yeah. Because it was just like, take care of a little bit of this, take care of a little bit of this, take care of a little bit of this, and appease everybody that follows my stream. Yep. But if, like, honestly, if it was up to me, it's just like I'd, I'd stick to one thing, but it's just like I want to appease those people, and I'm trying to pull people from watching separate streams to watching every stream that I do. Yeah. Like, and it's it's hard being just, like, a newbie streamer. Like, I have to build my fan base. And yeah. I have to find my fan base that enjoys watching me versus enjoying watching me play this one game. And right now, Elite is really not a game that most people enjoy watching unless you're a big-name Elite player. It sucks because I want to be a part of this community. I want the community to be involved and, like, Dude, I'll go mine for four hours if somebody is just like, hey, buy this ship and do this build and go try this. I'll, I'll do it. I don't care. Like, that's my whole thing. It's just like, I want to be a part of this community and I want this community to come to my channel and be like, hey, we support you. Just like with this podcast, I want the community to be involved in this and be like, hey, we support you. Yeah. Well, um, but anyway, I, I, I feel like you just just kind of wrap it up. I kind of feel like that. Uh, I feel like Frontier. I feel like the community put together a fairly well written. Hey, we. This is what we're thinking, guys. Please fix this. And I don't. I, I don't necessarily agree with their response, but I can't say I disagree with it either because it was a little aggressive. So, yeah. Um. I'll say that about both sides. Both sides kind of took things a bit harsh. Yeah. Um, but if you reworded it and I don't know, kind of reassembled all of it and gave each other a chance, I feel like we really truly and see the fair points of both sides of this versus one side being aggressive, the other side being aggressive and things escalating to where nobody sees the equality terms of it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, it does. But I, I feel like both sides have valid arguments. That's that's my takeaway from it. Both sides have valid arguments. Both sides want things within a certain realm of things. It's just wording and emotions. Right. I think convolute a lot of it. And and you're you're exactly right. Um, but anyway, we've we have we have beaten the dead horse at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's so. Yeah. Uh, one other thing about community is that this is Elite Dangerous, or you know, October's Inktober. Um, oh, positive notes coming yeah, in. Yeah. This this was a very negative one. So um, I believe you had the stuff about Inktober, didn't you? 
Uh, yes, the uh, Elite Dangerous on Instagram and on Twitter have posted posts uh, that if you want to kind of, because Inktober, I don't know if anybody knows what that is, like listens to this, but Inktober is pretty much a thing that started, I don't know when. I'll say a couple years ago, it could be farther back than that. But for October, it's like you make drawings based upon certain things. And Elite Dangerous decided to release prompts for every day of Inktober to oh, draw cool. something for every day. So there's 31 prompts. Right now, it is day three. So we'll go over the first three, and then I'll go over some interesting ones. Okay. Day one was Commander. Day two was Station. Day three was Cobra Mark III. Uh, the things that I think are interesting and like super interesting, they have uh, day 13 will be Federation, day 16 will be Thargoid, day 18 will be Revive, Rebuy, uh, day 21 is Triple Elite, day 28 is Ashling, Ashling Duval, day 29 is Imperial, and day 31 is Frasian Retract Tracing. There's nothing for Alliance in any of this. I've only seen one Federation thing, and there are two elite things, or two alliance, not alliance, imperial things. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Hmm. But, um, I don't know. They're coming up with drawing prompts, like, so draw things related to these subjects. And they have been retweeting a lot of stuff. If you tag it with hashtag edinktober. And a lot of the things that people have been posting have been, like, really interesting. Like, I've enjoyed looking at them on the uh, Loose Screws Twitter. I don't look at them on personal Twitter because I try to keep that separate now from this podcast. Kind of hard sometimes, but <laughs> it happens. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of cool things out there. And if you feel like drawing for it and doing Inktober stuff, like Elite Dangerous has its own prompts. So go do it. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool that they, um, I mean, of course, a lot of people are doing this right now with, um... Well, I mean, they're not the first website I've seen that's put up their own prompts for it. Like, I've seen this everywhere, but it's just like, I think it's really awesome that Elite has been like, hey, here's 31 things for the whole month of October. Draw them. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Um, I'm interested to see how it all turns out. I need to make sure I follow it on Twitter so I can I can keep an eye out for some cool stuff. Oh, dude, you haven't seen like if you haven't seen any of it, you need to uh, you need to check it out. Like a lot of the stuff, like some of it's like the 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 what is it uh, minimalist stuff, mm -hmm. but it's so effective and it works so well. Like somebody drew kind of like a rough outline of a star and then put 2.2 ly. And then they kind of like did just a black outline of a small hut in orbital. And that simplistic minimalist approach to it. I don't know. Like I really appreciated that drawing. <laughs> I haven't been to hut in orbital myself, but it's like reading all the stories and things like this. I don't know. Something about that just really made me appreciate it. And they had, they did the fact of the matter is that they had their coffee mug above the drawing. <laughs> <laughs> so it all tied together and I felt it was great. Um, that's cool, but make sure you guys check that out. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on it. Um, we got one email here that we'll close out the show with, and I kind of talked about, uh, Commander Duval, 
Devo Looter. If I'm mispronouncing your name, man, I apologize. But I uh, uh, wanted to read your email here because it was a very cool email. It gave us, gave, gave us some ideas. Um, hey, guys. Commander Devo Looter from Las Vegas here. Wanting to tell you that the show is great. I've looked every few months over the last year for podcasts about Elite Dangerous and was pleased when yours popped up a few weeks ago. I've been listening since episode one and now look forward to each one. Since this email is dedicated to questions, here's mine. Why not include some sort of short weekly tips for noobs? I play on PS4 and even though I've been playing for six months or so, I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. Most podcasts are far too removed from... From beginners to talk about stupid shit like setting fire groups and knowing when to gun and when to run in a firefight. Just a request. Anyway, thanks again for thanks again and good luck with the show. Devo crap, now I know where that our earn your wings came from. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 you know, he uh, I'm he gave us a good idea. I think that's something we'll start doing every week. Oh yeah, dude, definitely. Yeah. Uh, also, we want to give a shout out to him for following us on the Twitter and for following me on Twitch on my personal channel. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about this is is that I have a real life friend. We've given him a shout out. I think two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I believe, recently just got his game for the Xbox, so he's going to be asking me questions in real life based on the game. And I've told him to send me a text slash call me whenever he needs help with the game. So. I feel like this is a the, the perfect timing for this question because you're like I'm more noob than you are. You've played this whole entire time. I played at the start, took a break, came back, bought Horizons, started playing. Right. So with me, it's one of those things where it's like I hop it and I just do. But I'm gonna have a, a real life friend that's gonna be asking me for tips on things such as pit management. Right. And things like that that aren't included in the new player experience. So I feel like this is like a really great time. Sorry, I've got the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like this is a really great time for these questions to come in. Because we have the experience being you. Right. And we have the nub being me. And, dude, that's awesome. Like, I'm so excited. Like, I'm looking forward to this segment every week now. Like, yeah. now that I know where it came from and things like that and things are in perspective, like, I'm excited for it. And I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully I can learn something and maybe I can teach Ty something. Let's not, get, let's not go crazy there, man. <laughs> I'm not going crazy there. But it's just like, because we, like, yeah, we click on a lot of levels, but I feel like we look at things in a different view lens. We do. We that do. makes sense. So there's always something to learn from everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> well, with that being said, if you guys have a new question for Earn Your Wings, or if you just have a question in general, you can always send us a email at uh, loosescrewsquestions at gmail.com, or you can check us or, out on Twitter at... Or, you can, yeah, I was about to say, or you can <laughs> check us out on Twitter at loosescrewsed, and feel free to follow us, send us questions. Uh, I guess I'll plug myself at this point in time. You can yep. find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dravenos. That is D-R-A-V-E-N-O-S. Uh, I mean, I would plug my personal Twitter, but I'd rather you follow the Loose Screws, Loose Screws Twitter. So once again, that is at Loose Screws, dot, or at Loose Screws ED. Yep. And um, 
I think that's gonna do it. I think it's about all the show we got. We got like two hours of show here, man. And that's that's a Hell that's a huge yeah. bite. It's our longest show yet. Uh, well, I mean, we keep getting longer every week. It seems. <laughs> I know. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, we are planning. Uh, you know, I just looked at the weather, so bad weather be damned. Uh, we are planning to talk with the pilot, and we look, so, so look, look for that. Look for that episode. We'll we'll be we'll still be doing a normal Thursday episode, uh, but we will have uh, the interview with the pilot uploaded somewhere in between there. So, and if any of you guys have questions that you would like to submit, we are going to fan source questions because me and Ty can only have so many questions ourselves. Some of you might have better questions. So either submit them to the questions email or submit them through Twitter and we will consider them. Right. All right. I think this is going to be it, man. You got anything else? Uh, don't fly without a rebuy. All right, man. Thanks for listening, guys. I Take am... care. Bye.